Comedy Film Nerds episode 476. Boom. First one in August. First one in August. Mm -hmm. Right on. Ep 476. Yeah. Uh, I just had a big birthday. Yep. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. Welcome to 50. You know, 50 is the new 49. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever said that. Yeah. No one's ever said that. No one thought to th say that. No one wrote it down and then didn't say it. No one said that. Ever. <laughs> 50s and 49. So we're just saying numbers. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. We were just talking about it beforehand. I was like, I don't. You AARP know, sends you a walker on your 50th birthday. sent me something in the mail. How yeah. dare they? Mm, I wonder how much money it costs for them to get the social security database. Yeah. So they know exactly, exactly. when you turn 50. Exactly. Um, uh, so yeah. so uh, that's great. And, I still live, uh, li live like I'm in my 20s. Well, that's a bonus that keeps you young. I have no responsibilities. Yep. <laughs> I went serving yep. this morning. Mm -hmm. I don't answer to anybody. Nope. You're not responsible for anybody else. I'm barely responsible for myself. Yeah. <laughs> I have a YouTube, YouTube channel. channel. <laughs> <laughs> I really am yeah. living like uh, <laughs> like 19, tw tw mid to early 20s mm -hmm. at best. You argue about videos being demonetized. I <laughs> I get mad about movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I that's what I do. Mm -hmm. So we don't have a guest. That's why. Um, but not for lack of trying. Yeah, not for yes, lack of trying. Yes. I tried mm -hmm. numerous. I got a lot of a bunch of people just were not available. Mm -hmm. And then what was the most creative excuse you got? Oh, I got a corporate gig. Mm, okay. <laughs> in an unnamed state, in an unnamed location for an unnamed no, amount they said, of money. They, they said they, had, they gave me, oh, I got a corporate gig in Vegas is what yeah. they said. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. And this this is a comic we're going to have on the show. So he mm -hmm. gave me a, and I believe, I believe him. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to name names, but I don't think Jake Johansson would lie about <laughs> About having a corporate gig. Oh, wait, he lives in New... No, he lives... Uh, well, he lives here. He lives very he lives, close yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, he came to my birthday party. He did. I know. I'm sorry. I bailed. <laughs> you two assholes yeah, yeah. did <laughs> We live in the valley. Now Jake could walk to my birthday yeah. party. Mm -hmm. I don't believe I received an invite. You were invited. Uh... Yes, you you're on the evite. I put your email address in the you email. remember that conversation we had? And I said, Aren't, are you going to Graham's party? And you said, no. No. That never happened. <laughs> 50's the new 49, Aaron. Yeah. 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 You got to celebrate it yeah. the way you can. You were on... I, I think you even RSVP'd. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I so. swear to God, I'm going to check my evite when I open it up. Okay. So... It might so, be the wrong... If you miss a T in my email, like, it goes to some guy in Kansas who has RSVP'd to a wedding. Well, did he? Yeah. Did uh, he show up? The guy yeah, from Kansas? He might. Uh, yeah, there was a weird guy from Kansas <laughs> yeah. there that everyone was calling out. So it's exciting. You know, 50, staying young. Did you have like uh, pop sockets and Teddy Grahams at your party? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did have Batman napkins. Nice. <laughs> so I was like passing around like hors d'oeuvres. I'd like, would you like an hors d'oeuvre and a Batman napkin? Yes. Signed. Signed. <laughs> <laughs> I did not grab the Batman napkins. So, well, Graham, this is episode 476. It is, Chris. And it is the first episode in August, and uh, we saw a much-anticipated summer movie this uh, yes. weekend. Fast and Furious presents, colon, Hobbs and Shaw. And uh, uh, I have to say, uh, before we get started, I have to read you this rather lengthy, but entertaining piece of trivia because we um we were definitely discussing this before the movie uh how there was some turmoil 
you know, sure. on the set of Fast and, and Furious. And before you read, but we mm-hmm. should also say that you and I both have grown to love how ridiculous this franchise have gotten. Yes. We love it. And now... We don't take it nearly as seriously as apparently a few of the stars do. <laughs> uh, the, the idea of a Fast and Furious spinoff featuring Hobbs and Shaw first emerged during the filming of The Fate of the Furious after producers and studio execs took note of the comedic chemistry between the two throughout their scenes together. Plans to actually develop the spinoff were informally greenlit towards the end of filming, and they were later revealed to be the reason behind the much-discussed animosity that emerged between Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson in the final week of production, which resulted in Diesel reportedly canceling some of Johnson's scenes, which was within his purview as one of the movie's executive producers, perhaps, but also a dick move, uh, and not showing up for filming at all on at least one day of production, leaving hundreds of cast and crew sitting idle. After news of the spinoff became public, co-stars Michelle Rodriguez and Tyrese Gibson publicly criticized it for damaging the Fast and Furious family, as well as pushing back the release of the series' ninth installment to at least a year. As of February 2019, Johnson has stated he will probably not return for Fast and Furious 9, but would consider it for the 10th in the series. So this is a completely convoluted, nonsensical, unnecessary, ego-driven debacle. (laughs) All right. You're Vin Diesel. You have more money than you could ever know. Right. You don't... You Your work... This is, isn't even your only franchise. Oh you've got God. the dumb Riddick ones, and you've got the... The Triple uh, X. The Triple X, yeah. What more do you... Yeah. Uh, like, there's another Riddick movie? What it, What is it... What do right. you care? And it's a spinoff, and since you're a producer, you get paid anyway. You get paid. Yeah. You should be like, yes, a no yeah. more residual income for right. me. What, how... Here's another summer house. How petty are you... That you are like, no, man. Yeah, I'm going to mumble. I built this franchise on tank tops and mumbling. Yeah. So. And if they do another Iron Giant without me, I'm going to be mad, too. God. (laughs) What more do you need? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, Because the other thing, too, it's not even like this movie is taking the place of a Fast and Furious movie. It's It's just in addition to. It's in you know, the only thing I can imagine is that he's so insecure that he's afraid, oh, people are going to like them better, and then I won't be able to do any more of these. And then even if that were true, he's a producer anyway. It you, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you're going to be in them or producing. You're going to be involved in one way or another. And I'm sure if he wanted to do a cameo in this movie, he could have. He could have. Yeah. You're the producer. You could just say, yeah, go have fun. Aren't you, don't, don't, don't you wake up and go, man, I'm... How many more of these can we make? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, great. I get a, a year off that I just get paid because they're making a spinoff. Then I don't have to do this for another year, but I'm still getting a salary. I don't have to run around and have yeah. explosions and green screens. Mm-hmm. I can just... Yeah, I can just eat eat my steroids and nobody <laughs> bothers me. <laughs> like in a cereal bowl. Oh, uh, but <laughs> so, it's so And then ridiculous. I love that the, the, the FNF family, like... I, maybe Michelle Rodriguez and Tyrese are just like, well, there's no other work we can get. I don't know. Or they might be like, well, we know we're not going to be in the spinoff. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure. They might they might have more of a gripe because they're probably not producers on the film. Right. So yeah. they're losing money. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this this whole thing is like You're all ridiculous. millionaires. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think... You think... You know, why are you picking a fight with The Rock? Oh, he doesn't God. give a shit. He doesn't. No. No. He did Rampage. He, does, he doesn't care. Does he doesn't care. care. He works out and yeah. he and he does action movies. Yeah, he doesn't care if he's in Fast and Furious 9 or 10. It doesn't matter to him. It doesn't to matter him. to yeah. him. 
He's still not going to eat but you know what, one Fast carbohydrate. Yes, Fast and Furious needs The Rock more than The Rock needs Fast and Furious. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> so this whole thing is so ridiculous, and it's such a like a Hollywood privileged problem. It's like it, it's beyond ridiculous. And it's not like they're making Shakespeare. Oh, God. I know. Give me a break. It's not like they're ruining the artistic integrity of the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. You ruined Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. Yeah. No, HBO did that. No. But but it's it's such a ridiculous argument. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And what... I would love to see, like, you know, the stories that are going to come out of the next Fast and Furious movie. Like, was it tense on the set? Like, you know, TMZ, they're going to go nuts for, like, these stories um, that are ultimately nonsensically meaningless. <laughs> so silly. Also, I want to sit Vin Diesel down and go, have you watched... Yourself Twelve minutes. Well, there, there's that. There's that. But, like, have you watched... 12 minutes of the news? Yeah. Are you aware of anything that's happening outside yeah. of your mansion's compound? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some shit happening out there yeah. that you might want to pay attention to that's a little more important than your crybaby multi-million dollar franchise. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it should be worded exactly like that. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you can imagine, too, all these dipshit agents scurrying around. Yeah, There's like, a fight on the set. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's uh, like, oh, my God, we have to, we have to protect our uh, assets and our investments and all this nonsense. So, guys, um, he wants to be taken seriously as an artist. I mean, his name is Vin Diesel. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which you chose that. I doubt mm. that's on a birth certificate. No, no, <laughs> I doubt it. So, uh, I mean, great name for a triple X character. Uh, so, let's get into the actual film. Now, I was um, I was actually excited to see this because I've liked these movies. Sure, they're fun. And uh, I was wondering, like, as I'm watching this movie. Um, it was okay. Like, I didn't think it was as good as the other Fast and Furious movies, and which sh- proves a really interesting point. Uh, first of all, how important the director is to set a tone for a film. Second of all, what an absolutely delicate balance that these movies have with being completely ridiculous and just popcorn fun movies. Right. And when that balance is off, thus suddenly the movie isn't as fun. And that's really kind of what happened with this movie. Like, I thought there were some really fun scenes and and action and set pieces in it, but it went on too long, and some of them were very uninspired. And the character, uh, I don't expect, again, to bring back Shakespeare, I don't expect Shakespearean characters, but I expect a little bit more than um, something we've seen in the last eight movies. (laughs) So... Uh, so my expectations were very low, and they certainly weren't met, especially with Idris Elba, and I'm a huge fan of his. Right. And they literally gave him nothing to chew on. like, And he could have chewed up that scenery from start to finish. And they just kind of, like, well, he's just kind of this robotic cyborg who's angry. And then they just throw in, like, these other cliches. Well, like, um, you know... Shaw was uh they were they were they were brothers in arms and Shaw shot him at some point and then left him for dead. And then also like these weird science fiction elements, like well he shot him twice in the chest and one in the head, yet he's he's back. You know, and but they just repaired his spine. What happened to his brain that you put the bullet in? Hmm. You know, that's we don't have to worry about that. Tomato tomato. Uh, yeah, Chris. yeah. <laughs> so I really felt like there was um it, it, it felt a <laughs> it didn't feel like it had that um that wink and that nod that the other Fast and Furious movies have. Like, we know that you know how ridiculous these are. This one, I really felt like, yeah, it's going to be ridiculous, but we want you to take it more seriously. And I'm like, no, I can't. 
So I, I thought it missed the mark a little bit. I thought it was okay, but I didn't really, I didn't like it as much as the other movie. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I really liked the movie. I went mm-hmm. in with like, it, g- it gave me everything I wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was a roller coaster. It had mm-hmm. a corkscrew and a thing and a loud and there was lights yep. and it was scary and crazy, whatever. Mm-hmm. I laughed. Stuff out, blew up. Stuff blew up. People got punched. I, people <laughs> got punched. I laughed out loud a lot. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, that, that I liked Idris Elba's, uh, it was a good bad guy, but you do bring, I hadn't considered it until you brought up the point that, wow, they could have given him a little more to do. For sure. Um, and, you know, it, that bad guy character kind of could have been played almost by anyone. Right. Which right. is a waste of Idris Elba. Yeah, exactly. When you cast Idris Elba, use Idris Elba. Y- Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, otherwise, though, I, I mean, I had a blast. I saw the movie with Micah Wright, who we've had mm-hmm. on this show. Yeah. And... I went to the new Alamo Draft House in downtown LA, mm-hmm. which I've never been to before. Um, man, they got an amazing salad. <laughs> nice. Um, and so I, you know, we had a fun time. I hadn't mm. seen him and Mike in forever, and we just laughed our asses off and had a great mm. time. And so I, I just, I just had an absolute blast. The, the, um, you know, Jason Statham and and Rock each doing the things that those two guys do one thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's all they do, mm-hmm. and they're very good at it. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, Rock is just big Rock, and Jason Statham is just yeah. all right, mm-hmm. you know. And that's it. They just mm-hmm. go around and they do that. And I had a blast. And you know, and they're going to yell at each other sure, and insult each other, and that's that's fun. That's fun. Mm-hmm. And you know, the like team. You know, you got to work together as a team. And mm-hmm. at the end, when they fight, they go to the Samoan Island. I loved yeah. all that. Yeah. Um, I By the love, way, that scenery was amazing. It like, made me want to go to Samoa. Yeah, I think they shot it in Hawaii, but uh, <laughs> um, most likely. <laughs> uh, but I, I, you know, I had a blast, and I think too. I'm reminded. <laughs> Mike reminded me of this. He goes, "You know, in the very first movie, they were stealing DVDs. <laughs> <And> now <laughs> they're international yeah. black op spy yep. CIA." Mm-hmm. <laughs> And every movie gets a little more retcon exactly what they were. Like, you know, The Rock was part of this government agency that like, was made up. And now he's like working for the CIA. And now they're loaning him out and like all this weird stuff. MI6 and, then, yeah. and whatever and, else. And Shaw especially. They, um, they, they really retconned him. He was like a brutal villain in like right. the last couple ones. And now he's like, well, wait, he's MI6. No, he's special ops. Now, wait, how many things? And now he, he was like forced to kill his brother. What, what's going on? Oh, they now? just he's rewrote that. They yeah, just, yeah. Spoiler alert. They so, just yeah. read, oh, so, he had to. Yeah. Oh, now he's now he's not such a bad guy. But that I, he was he was a most brutal. He was a great bad guy. He was a great bad guy. <laughs> yeah. But then I love that his mom is Helen Mirren and she's yeah. in jail. Mm-hmm. Like... Keep stunt casting it. Yeah. Go full expendables on this thing. Mm-hmm. And we walked out of there and we went, man, they made a Fast and Furious movie without Vin Diesel. Yeah. Walking around going, family, family, yeah, family. Yeah. He's not critical to the franchise. That's really, mm-hmm. you need quips and mm-hmm. action. Yeah, that's it. Now, Aaron, did you see this? I would not. Why not? I can't get on board with you guys. I mean, I, I, I don't care how... F- over the top these things are that it to me it's not it's a waste of time did you ever like any of them no so you're unable to do the suspension of disbelief required for these films yeah okay that's fair enough they're not for everyone they're not (laughs) i've never never been into what vin diesel's offering my favorite thing of him in any movie is when he gets shot in saving private ryan (laughs) spoiler sorry spoiler honestly (laughs) spoiler alert his uh his best movie is still the iron giant 
I even fell asleep during that. Oh, I watched it recently. Yeah, just his voice puts you to sleep. Yeah, 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 yeah. just it's very uh, soothing. (laughs) His Groot acting, giant. His Groot acting is is one hundred percent. His Groot acting is fantastic. His Groot acting. It's another franchise. Look, how much money do you need, dude? You're Groot. You're in a Marvel movie. What did you have to do for Groot? You had to show up and record the word Groot seven times, and you left, and then you get to go to the premiere. And uh, you get residuals for uh, the next hundred years. Yeah, and every time (laughs) they sell a Groot toy, you probably get a penny or something Mm -hmm. like that. So, uh, and one of the interesting trivia things, uh, too, I was reading, Brixton's suit, that's Idris Elba's character, had a, has a Wayland yutani symbol on the right collarbone. And I was watching this movie, and I'm thinking, that looks really familiar, but I couldn't place it. It's, uh, it's from he, the Alien it, franchise. It is. He starred as an employee of the Wayland yutani in Prometheus. So, it's like, they were going to call back to, like, that's kind of the same company that would eventually create their Prometheus in uh, the Alien. Oh, the uh, evil company that he's yeah. working for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just love that they're going, you know, they went from stealing DVDs and drag racing for <laughs> right. pink slips to this, like, building a master race with some crazy, you know... James Bondy type... Cyberdyne. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the, we, we've gone full on into science fiction at this point, you know, when they... Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, um, this is in the trailer, though. He's half cyborg, you know, at this point. Oh, yeah. Point. He had yeah. superpowers. Yeah, he, yeah, was, pretty much. <laughs> he was impervious mm-hmm. to regular human stuff. It was yeah. just like... Whenever, when he put his... The, at the beginning of the film, he puts his hand up to stop bullets. Bullets, like really, so you're able to <laughs> figure out where they're aiming at the yep. same time too, sure. and and yeah, but but then he goes, well, my suit is bulletproof too. Well, then why need to put your hand up? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it so looks, it looks cooler. You know, yeah, it's like it does, a, it it does look, look cool. It's like a stop cool. sign. I, yeah. I can't say it didn't look cool. And I also, I, I there's so most franchises like this, I would get so mad at this, like oh, it's so sloppy and dumb. But the fact that this one just doesn't care. No, Mm-mm. they're just like. Technology, explain yeah, it. Physics, no. physics, no. Just he's got a spacesuit. They've yes. ejected it into his mm-hmm. thing. Is that possible? Of course it yep. is. There, he can stop bullets. Another a uh, another cool Easter egg was uh, um, when Shaw walks through his collection of cars and he passes a Mini Cooper, saying he used that for a mission in Italy. Of course, the, from the Italian job, right? And it's like, uh, um, and I think it, there was probably a missed opportunity to try to see the Rock try to fit in that car. Would have been kind of funny, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Are they creating a multiverse, a cinematic? Yeah, this is, this is a, a Fast and Furious cinematic. <laughs> a Prometheus yeah. Italian job multiverse. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Those all met, match. Yeah, and then they'll—I mean, maybe they'll chase the mummy and Tom Cruise in the next one in their cars. Oh, that's <laughs> so great. So, um, so that's it. It's um, you know nobody. I think went into this movie. We've said this before. Going, wow, that was not at all what I expected. No, <laughs> yeah. It's, it was yeah. Like- <laughs> What a bait and switch this movie was. <laughs> I gotta say, so I saw it like last Thursday night or something like that. It was packed house. Mm-hmm. And everyone there seemed to be like in for the, this is the They're Alamo Draft the House, yeah, which is yeah. showing indie films. It's very like, yeah. they have these strict rules. I, the first one I ever went to was in Austin where they started. Mm-hmm. And I did a couple like uh, Doug Benson movie interruptions around the country, which are mm-hmm. the, and they run it like you show up, Past 10 minutes into the trailers, you can't come in. Right. You talk, you're kicked out. Like, you're on your phone, you're mm-hmm. gone. Like, there are heart, and it's it's a great movie experience. They also, I've been to several different chains of companies that do wait staff serving food. Right. And some of them, the wait staff is a little intrusive. Man, they train these people like goddamn Navy SEALs. They mm-hmm. slide in, they get your order, they deliver it. That you don't. They, you They're know. actually trained. They're trained. Mm. They're not just like, and they put lights 
underneath your tray mm -hmm. so you can read the menu in the dark without having to pull out your phone or do oh, anything great, like that, yeah. which is really brilliant. Well, they've thought it through. They've really thought it through. They have a great process. They got that thing down. I will say this, they had recline, well, not a recliner, they had a thing that, you know, footrest, but then it didn't recline back. Mm. There's mm. other chains where the, the seat goes back, so. Now, do those other chains have food and reclining? Yeah. Oh, okay, maybe they're afraid of people spilling their food on a recliner, I don't know. I don't know. Or mm. sleeping. <clears throat> or Falling asleep, maybe yeah. that's yeah. it. Um, but I'm glad there's an Alamo Draft House in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very it's cool. It's a good chain. Yeah. So, all right, Graham, so now you saw a documentary on Lance Armstrong. Yes, this one came out in 2014 called Stop at Nothing, and there, mm. I know there's been several of them. Um, and I never, I mean, I sort of, obviously we all heard about it a little bit, you know, sure. but I never really went into the specifics and I just started watching this, man, it, it's hard not to look at that guy and go, wow, he's a, he's a sociopath. Like For he sure. just was a crazy mm -hmm. liar. Mm -hmm. And then when the house of cards started to collapse he then doubled, this is what other social, he didn't just finally go, I can't live with a lie anymore, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. He doubled down on defending and lawsuits and suing people and smearing people. Oh yeah. It was crazy. He went on the attack. He went on the attack and you know, you watch him in interviews and stuff and you watch all the people that were around him and he did that thing of, you know, you accuse me with facts, I don't refute your facts, I say you're crazy. You know, I say, you're the problem. You know, I, and I, I, you know, he did that. He called people crazy, called the, this one woman, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, who was like his masseuse. Like they had this whole, and all these people were, a lot of people are complicit. So they can't, right. they can all, yes, blame him to a certain extent. But some of these people like you knew and you, you went along with it. Right. Because the gravy train was rolling. The yeah. money was coming in and he, all the- You, you know, had he, paid to look away. Yeah. So you can't oh. sit there and say, oh, big bad Lance. Yeah. But, you know, he went, he- Was know. there one specific whistleblower that started the card, House of Cards falling or was it just kind of like a, uh, um, a bunch of little dominoes? It was a bunch of little dominoes. There was one reporter that was really staying on it. But, you know, they went back. He was using, he was doping before he got cancer. There's this hotel room, or I'm sorry, hospital room event that several people talk about. When he first got diagnosed with cancer and the doctor said, I need to ask you some questions. And like one of his writing mates and, and the writing mate's wife and one other person were all in the room. And they were like, do you want us to leave so you can talk to your doctor privately? He goes, no, no, I got nothing to hide. And the doctor said, you know, because it was like, why is a guy in this great a shape getting cancer? And the doctor said, have you ever done any performance enhancing drugs? Mm -hmm. And Lance Armstrong listed off all these drugs he got, had done. And they're like, oh, that's probably one of the reasons the cancer happened. So then when he came back from the cancer treatments, he just doubled down on, I got to get back to win mm -hmm. and worked with this guy Ferrari that was like a known doping doctor, you know, and they had this, you know, this system, you know, he was always like, I'm the most tested guy ever. And, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm innocent because he was, he knew how to skirt the system. They did right. blood transfusions. I mean, crazy shit. To avoid the blood tests? Yeah. Oh, wow. It was nuts. And then to watch it all come down and then you see these, you know, depositions that were on video. This, I think it all started to unravel around 2005. Mm -hmm. And man, you see, he looks like a psychopath. Mm -hmm. He looks crazy. And everyone, and, and you see how everyone wanted to believe it. I even was like, wow, this guy came back from cancer. And I remember thinking like, I really wanna believe that he did this on his own. But, you know, there was just too many. And there's all these little things like people within the cycling community, when he first, when the first Tour de France he was in, after he came back from the cancer, and there's the, that one, I forget the name of it, but like he's going up that long mountain pass, right? And someone was watching, and Greg LeMond mm -hmm. was like, he's not breathing heavy. Greg LeMond was like, he's not breathing heavy. And, and somebody sitting next to Greg LeMond goes, a French guy said in French, oh, he's on the juice. Oh, really? Because that's one of the things it does, is, is, is it increases your blood flow and all this yeah. other stuff, so that you just, and it was, so it was really, it was really, what was like, I guess, what was the tone like of the documentary? Like, was was it like, uh, like we're going to give you all the information, you can make your own conclusion, or like, here's what you don't know about this story? Like, what, what is what that? It's the latter. It's, it, okay. Here's what you don't know about mm -hmm. the story. Like, you, and I think I'm probably sort of the, the perfect viewer of this. Like, I kind of know, I know he was eventually kind of guilty, but I don't know the specifics. I don't know the inner workings of the U.S. Postal Service team, mm -hmm. his friends, the people that came out against him, the, how he smeared them. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I just saw some interviews periodically, or, you know, they talk about it on SportsCenter or whatever, but I didn't know all this stuff that he did, and that's really the angle. The angle is like, we all know he's guilty. Right. He had, here's how. We're going to show you yeah. how it got this way. Right. Which I think was an interesting, and I think it's the it is the stance to take because there's it's it, he's guilty he did it there's not that's right. not it's not disputed. it's already been proven yeah so so do the thing that a good documentary does which is show me stuff I didn't know show mm -hmm. me stuff that wasn't in the regular news interviews and clips and stuff like that and mm -hmm. get me people you know in whatever 2013 or 2014 talking about 98 99 2000 2001 like to have them tell me well at the time i didn't realize or i thought this or i thought that you know like that stuff's interesting um and then stuff i had i didn't know at all greg lamont when he finally just told the truth he lost money because he was greg lamont so he won the Tour de France in 89. He won in the mid 80s and then won again in 89. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was the first ever American to win it in the 80s, which was a big right. deal. And so it was 10 years later, Greg was already sort of retired, but he was in the cycling world. He, had, he was doing, you know, selling. He lost millions of dollars in, de in like businesses because they, no one wanted to come near him because Lance went on the attack. Mm -hmm. um, attacked Greg and his wife. And to see Greg Lamont and his wife today talk about that, it was like how much pain they were put through. And like, right. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know any of that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know Lamont had much to do. I maybe kind of, you know, I'm not a big cycling enthusiast and I didn't follow this story very closely. So that stuff. And then also knowing that Lance is guilty, 
and lying, and you see him lie in all these interviews. And right. Anytime he's does he have a tell? <laughs> well, like, that's you see like that, a twitch or something. Well, that's the thing that's kind of crazy. Is like he, it's like a sociopath believes it. Right. You know, like a regular person, the guilt and all that stuff, they have a physiological, like you say, a tell. They mm-hmm. have a physiological reaction. He, you know, Lance didn't seem to have that. And mm-hmm. then you watch how he would go on the attack and everything. So it's it's a really fascinating documentary. Oh, cool. You well, know, check it out. It's on streaming. Yeah. Yep. Streaming. Okay. Stop at Lance Armstrong. Stop at nothing. All right. Well, Graham, today we have a sponsor. What? Yep. Eero, the uh, the Wi-Fi people. So I've had some bad Wi-Fi in the house, and the Wi-Fi was okay, but it would just never reach the entire house. So I always had that problem, especially getting into the kids' rooms, and now that they have, uh, as they get older, they- In the need, garage. In the garage, the yeah, yeah. So it was never like, there was always like dead spots in the house they could never quite reach. That's why Eero is really great. It blankets your whole home with fast, reliable Wi-Fi, eliminating poor coverage, dead spots, and buffering. Because what they do is they have like a main um, unit, and then they have these, what are called beacons. So you set them up and plug them in in outlets, and then they do they cover the rest of your home. And what's great about it is that uh, um, you can use and set up the entire Wi-Fi system with your iPhone. So you just download the app. It connects right to the, uh, the router and the beacons, and you can set it up, and it's so easy. I was, uh, you know, it's always a hassle with setting up Wi-Fi because you've got set up the router. You've got to hope it works. You've got to see what kind of coverage you have, and then... You always have to update the firmware. Eero does that all automatically, which is great. And it tells you where, what's, where there's coverage, where there isn't. And it tells you to move the beacon or it's okay where it is. So it was really, it's a really great system. And it'll get you coverage through your house. Because even if like you have a dead zone, you just add another beacon and a plug. And the plugs also have little, uh, the beacons have uh, little night lights on them too. So they're even good. Like if they're in a hallway and it's at night, they have like a little lights on them too, which is great. So... But here's the thing. We are not going to let you pay full price. You we can would never do that, do you? No, of course not. You can go to eero.com slash comedy and enter the code comedy at checkout and get free overnight shipping with your order. That's E-E-R-O dot com slash comedy, code comedy at checkout to get the Eero delivered for free overnight with overnight shipping. You have to use this URL to receive this offer. So eero.com slash comedy and use the code comedy. And it's great. No more Netflix buffering. No more kids complaining their Xbox isn't getting a signal. And uh, or, you know, a lot of you, too, have security cameras and you don't want them to be offline. You want to make sure they have coverage. So check it out. Eero. And Graham, we have some Patreon sponsors. Oh, too. I love the Patreonies. <clears throat> the Patreonics. I was like the first uh, Patreon of the month because that's when people kind of send in their little tweaks and changes. And sometimes we get uh, new uh, mm-hmm. Patreon sponsors. But uh, see if you can guess which Patreon copy has changed as okay, I read it. Okay. Because you've been paying attention the last uh, four at, or five months. Of course right? I have, Chris. Yes, okay. All right, Johnny Rulon. Johnny. He's promoting his novel Green Cheek, A Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's on Amazon in both digital form and hard copy. It's an experimental stream of consciousness novel which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and our mortal lover T.S. on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. Website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com. And Fanboy Planet, a website and podcast for all things geeky and amazing. Check out Fanboy Planet for your comic news, your movie news, TV news, and interviews with industry insiders and artists. Fanboyplanet.com. And from Chris Parker Howard, Coffee Over Suicide, a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at a time. 
New episodes every Friday, wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at coffeeversuicide.com, coffeeversuicide.com. And Alice Frazier, co-host of The Bugle Podcast and host of Tea with Alice, brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. Shows were recorded back-to-back as three as a three-hour show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival with a binaural microphone, which creates an intensely immersive listening experience. Check out alicefrazier.com with an S. And the Art Podcast with Rebecca Evans. We move past hesitation, we're true to ourselves, and find our own art in life. New episode with John S. Drew, host of the Shazam Isis podcast, Batcave podcast, and more. Theartpodcasts.com with an S. And the gritty Australian noir, The Murder of Jeremy Brooks, pits small-town Australian PI Dan McGuinness against corporate greed and corruption. A Sydney surgeon hires Dan to find her husband's killer. The cops think it was a mugging gone bad. She thinks it was a hit. More info at TonyMcFadden.net slash JB. TonyMcFadden.net slash JB. I could not tell you which one was different. (laughs) There were two that were different. It was the art and the uh, Australian noir, the murder of Jeremy Brooks. You have different descriptions. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, Graham, I think we should get to some very interesting trailers. Well, before we do that, I want to ask Aaron, have you seen any movies lately, Aaron? What have you Uh, seen? The last thing I saw was was, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ah. So, So that it would not be spoiled. Ah, because that was smart and yeah when i walked out i was like i'm glad i saw that before the spoiler app because man yeah we would have spoiled it for sure yeah. some it. movies we've done in here i'm like i don't i'll figure out how they got there it's fine this one was like holy shit yeah i need to see this before <laughs> and did you like the film i did enjoy it um did you fall on the mike schmidt side of it or my side of it definitely the schmidt side of it i don't know i definitely wanted to talk about it as soon as I got outside, because I was like, the the marketing and the trailer and everything that I'd seen up to that point did not match the movie I saw, but I still appreciated the movie I saw. Like, right? I can still give him that. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. and I like, I don't mind when movies go a different direction than what I thought, uh, as long as the marketing prior to, like, the trailer doesn't just completely throw me for a loop. This one kind of did, but it's Tarantino. I kind of expect that to some degree versus like something like the last Jedi, which took all these turns I didn't expect. And I loved it. I'm happy, happy to see that happy to be surprised at this point in my life (laughs) by anything, by anything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Particularly in film where it's just, it can always be the same thing over and over. Uh, All right. Okay. That's a fair, that's a fair assessment. So um, now we've got a couple interesting trailers. You know, there's there's been a couple of um, like second trailers that for movies we've already talked about. I didn't want to go there. I wanted to go to two um, movies that may not be on your radar as of now because they look really really interesting. Um, one just looks like it's made um, for people that only like art house movies, and the other one is um, really angling for some Oscar bait. So let's check it out. First, let's start with. We'll do 1917. First, we'll start with 1917. Guess who's in it? Benny Cumberbatch, but not as a code breaker. Oh. Mm-hmm. He's okay. one year, one war before now. I was going to say the Kaiser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is where he finds a Nazi monster. No, that's Overlord. No, that's <laughs> Overlord 2. 
the prequel. <laughs> Now, Sam Mendes, great director, also did a James Bond movie, if you remember. Maybe more than one. A couple, yeah. yeah. Skyfall and... Uh, you have a brother in the second battalion. after one. Yes, sir. Is he alive? And with your help, I'd like to keep it that way. But they're walking into a trap. Your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow morning's attack. If you don't, we will lose 1,600 men. Your brother among them. A lot of movies about the Britons making poor tactical decisions and having to be saved. Yeah. <laughs> there is only one way this war ends. World War One was so horrific. Last man standing. What the hell are you doing, Arch Corporal? No! 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 I mean, cinematically, you couldn't ask for a more um, perfect, wow. like, ticking clock. If you fail. It will be a massacre. Those are the stakes. That's the time. That's the ticking clock. Oh, yeah. wow. Am mm-hmm. I in? Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Is that Colin Firth in the shadows? Yep, it is. Sam Mendes during a World War One movie? Yes. I'm in. Mm-hmm. You got it. That's all the I The trailer alone, seven million it's- uh, hits. Yeah. Reviews. It's so, yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it, and it's definitely one that, uh, like I said, it's 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 really positioned for Oscar attention. Oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. so we're getting into we're getting into late summer. Mid, yeah. Well, we're in the middle of the summer, but that's mm-hmm. is going to come out in October ish yeah. or November, whenever it said it's going to come out, and it's going to do the, this next one is so pigeonholed that's uh, but not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. This is like um, art house, creepy weird thriller horror. Fans like like this last uh, movie he made was The Witch, which was really creepy and disturbing. Mm-hmm. So, but now, but uh, you'll barely recognize the two stars in this movie. But then you go, oh my god, is that? <laughs> this is the lighthouse. Yes, the lighthouse. And it's in black and white. Oh, fantastic! Tell me, what's a timberman want with uh, being a wiki? Will the Poe. Yep. Just looking to earn a living. It's like any man. Starting new. On the run. Like the cinematography, yes. Like yeah. I love black and white cinematography. No, sir. Why just spill your beans? Why just spill your beans? It's a two-man black and white lighthouse horror movie where someone's having a hallucination with a squid. Five weeks, two days, help me to recollect. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Two for two on the trailers, I'm going to have to say. Uh, I'm in. And ones that, like I said, probably weren't on your radar. At all. Uh, (laughs) Um, 
Uh, yeah, The Lighthouse is just is one of those movies, too, that uh, this is what indie film is made for. You put two stars in a creepy, weird situation. You have great black and white cinematography. This is exactly like no studio would have touched this with no, a hundred creepy foot music. Pole. Yeah. Weird, mm-hmm. long shots with shadows. Yeah, and squids. Squids. <laughs> so, squids and yes, shadows. Yeah. Uh, so definitely, definitely on board. And Aaron, this, is, this is the one I, I want to hear a story about this. Like, well, how did you get this one funded? Well, who came on board for first? Was it Robert Pattinson? Was it William Defoe? And then you got the rest of the money on their name. Like, how did this one come about? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of these movies, Aaron? Wow. Uh, I mean, a World War One movie, I feel like we haven't seen enough of it quite yet. It hasn't been overdone like, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other movies. Um, I've got kind of a high bar on it because I love the movie uh, A Very Long Engagement. Mm-hmm. It's done by the, the director of Amelie. It was his follow-up. Uh, it's great, and it's super gritty about about uh, World War One and trench warfare. Um, but I'm at, I'll see it. I don't know if I trust Sam Mendes as much as you guys Why? sound like you do. Mm. I don't know. Jarhead was kind of a miss, I think. Uh, was a while. Yeah. You know, Revolutionary Road or Revolution Road, whatever that was, was kind of like, eh, okay. Okay. And the Bond, the Bond movies. Uh, you can't uh, fault them for the Bond movies. Uh, yeah, I get Revolutionary probably, Road. I wasn't a huge fan of that. But the Bond yeah. movies, you can't fault anybody because you, you're plugged into this Bond thing. That's true. And they tell you, do these things, have him hold a Heineken bottle. You know, like, <laughs> like it's so out of his hands. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I mean, even looking back at American Beauty, it's just like... I was going to say American Beauty. You didn't like American Beauty? In hindsight, I don't know if, how, I, how I feel well, about it. You have to watch it. I have to watch it again to really know. At but, the time, did you like it? It was all right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while. I don't know if it holds up. So you're just not a Sam Mendes fan? Yeah, that's Maybe what not. it sounds like. Maybe not. I don't know. You okay. pretty much rattled off all his movies and how you're <laughs> mediocre on them. So I would say, yeah, I would, it's an accurate it assessment. Like it's, definitely not, yeah. it's definitely not seeing him yeah. in the trailer. His name in the trailer was not like, oh, I can mm-hmm. eat it. But, you know, it still looks good. I yeah. still. From the director of Charlie's Angels. If it's got a Cumberbatch, yeah. if it's got a Cumberbatch in it, I'm going to go see it at this point. Yeah. Uh, Benny Combo and World yeah. War One outfits. Yeah. And a mustache right. saying, everything uh, rise on your heads. Or whatever. That's not how he sounds like at all. And there's not even a line for the movie. <laughs> I don't know what I just said. <laughs> the lighthouse could be different in like uh, the way you, you might just have to sit through some parts where it's not so fun to watch. Uh, I, I bet you lighthouse is going to be something that you just absolutely have to see in the theater. Yeah. And completely uninterrupted. Uninterrupted. Yeah. You have to go like quiet, sit there. Like you have to see it in that capacity. Otherwise, it's you're, it's not gonna it's not gonna work. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. I just don't know if I if I'm that interested in it. Right. All right. I mean, I like I like both the actors. I really do, actually. But uh, oof, I don't know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't like The Witch that much. Did, uh, did how did you guys feel about it? I liked it. I thought it was a real creepy interesting story and it was it did disturb me for like a good horror movie like it wasn't gory or uh, really gross but it was that kind of psychologically disturbing mm-hmm. horror so i thought it was pretty effective for a horror movie yeah i don't know i i'm one of those people who wasn't that impressed with hereditary so i don't know oh it's the first i've heard of that yeah i know i'm one of the few mm. uh so i don't know okay i mean defoe being creepy though 
Yeah, you know. Defoe and a weird beard and a black yeah. and white creep yeah. film? I, I mean, mean, every movie on. he's one step away from a creep <laughs> being creepy anyway. You, yeah, put, yeah. you yeah. make any of the movies he's in black and white, he's suddenly creepy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very easily. Um, so, all right. Now, on DVD and Blu-ray this week is Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Now, I will say oh, this was... Um, better than expected. It was a good kids movie. I wouldn't call it a family movie unless you grew up watching Pokemon. Right. But uh, it was a good kids movie. Um, uh, both my kids liked it. And uh, also Neil and I also liked it. And Ryan Reynolds doing a weird Deadpool for kids as Detective Pikachu was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And then the next one is the horror movie, The Curse of La Verona. La Verona. She's coming for your children. La Verona. So... If you're bad, Lala Rona will come for you. I don't know um, how well this movie did, but I can guarantee you it made its budget back. So I'm oh, sure yeah. it did okay. Yeah, in the, in the um, Latino community alone, I'm sure it's, yeah, it was yeah, huge. Oh, it was huge in the Latino yeah, community. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's their if Bloody you, Mary. Yeah. yeah. So I can imagine there'll probably be some kind of weird spinoff sequel. Yeah, for yeah. sure. If you don't do Patreon, Lala Rona will come for you. <laughs> And Tolkien, as it was the other movie, this one was a real missed opportunity. I was very disappointed with this film. I was hoping it would be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Good. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was not. Uh, yeah, and the it, fact that you were utterly yeah. disappointed by this film was yeah. very telling. Yeah. And, uh, and it was, uh, it was a lot of the Tolkien fans were also very disappointed. And it was the thing that was so frustrating about it was it was such a missed opportunity. Like if Peter Jackson had gotten this in his hand on his hands and would have done this. I mean, he was probably done with the Tolkien universe. He did six movies. I think he's done, but he's doing uh, well, he's doing a, a show, I think for Amazon as well. Uh, oh, a universe, uh, Lord of the Rings universe show. Oh, he is. I okay. believe. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I could see how he would be done, but I was thinking how great it would have been if he would have done it because not only is he a big world war one, almost like a historian, he knows so much about world war one. Um, he was a huge Tolkien fan. He knows his writing inside and out. He could have really mixed what the writer's intention was with his biography, with what shaped him, and have that insight that only Peter Jackson could have had. And the filmmakers had pretty much zero insight. In fact, I remember when we were talking about the movie, um, the Tolkien estate like completely disavowed this film, and they had nothing to do with it and wanted to know that they didn't endorse it or anything. And you could tell. It, clearly, they weren't interviewed. They weren't. There was no... There, like again, missed opportunity. There's a whole Tolkien family you probably should have talked to before making this film. Uh, so it was a disappointment. But I will say this: I mean, I hope it doesn't kill the idea that somebody could make a great Tolkien biography because I think the door is still wide open, and I think the fans would, like myself, would embrace one that was done properly. Right. So. Um, and as a site spotlight, I want to make sure you guys know that the, uh, the Thrilling Adventure Hour stuff is now done. Thank you so much for the support. Now, I want to let you guys know not all those orders have gone out yet. We are still filling them because we did get slammed with a bunch of the uh, closeout orders. So I uh, want to let you guys know they will be filled this week and they will be going out all the posters, DVDs, and T-shirts. So they are on in the works. They are on the way. Thank you, everybody, so thank for you. supporting that. Thank you for the support and thank you for your uh, patience. So, and premiering this week, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um, this is based on a book, I believe. It's a, and book, a book series, a book yeah. series, and Guillermo del Toro is actually one of the writers for the, uh, for the film. Um, at first, I thought it was like a Goosebumps kind of thing, like, where is this like one of those par things for kids? And it doesn't look like it. No, it's, it looks, it's, it's definitely more sc- scary. Yeah, yeah it's I read these as a kid. It yeah. is PG-13, but it, it definitely looks like it's more of like a, a grudge PG-13, like an adult yeah, yeah. PG-13. 
Um, the next movie is The Kitchen. This is the, uh, what was that movie that came out about the wives of the criminals? Widows? Widows, yeah. Widows. Yeah. Basically, it looks like Widows in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. yeah. And uh, although it's weird to see it's anything. A, it's a Hell's Kitchen Widows period piece because it takes place in the 70s or 80s. Yeah, 70s, oh, it's yeah. great. Uh, it's always weird to see any reference to Hell's Kitchen without Daredevil in it. So I'd lo- I hope they do some kind of weird Easter egg. I'd like, like to see someone shoot yeah. something in Hell's Kitchen and not mention it every other line. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. The good thing about this movie coming out this week is that I don't have to see the trailer again. Yeah. Or no. something else. <laughs> yeah, I think the movie I want to go see that's already out, it's in limited release, is The Farewell. Mm-hmm. I saw a trailer for this, and it looks really fascinating. It's based on a true story. And I heard an interview on NPR with the director. Um She's Chinese American. Uh, I think you know she was born in the States, and her mom grew up in China, I believe, and her father did too, whatever. And her grandmother is sick, but no one told her. Oh, and it's really this like no one told the the grandmother. She, the grandmother that she she's sick. sick. Oh, okay. And she's like, why won't you tell them? And it really in the trailer, it's very much like this is the difference between East and West cultures. You know, mm. someone even says in the trailer like. In the West, you, you, you think your life is your own and you're an individual. Mm-hmm. No. In the East, it's yeah. a, you got to think about the whole family and mm-hmm. the whole community. It's really, it looks really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, As um, someone who kind of just went through this with my father, like, mm-hmm. it's, it, the, yeah, there's a moral quandary to it that you just never hope you have to face. Right. Yeah. So, um, and then the last one is uh, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Now, I am happy that my kids are old enough now that neither wants to see it. So, because this was a really interesting strategy for uh, a Dora live action movie. Um, Because if you watch the trailer, you realize that they've aged her up considerably from the actual cartoon character. Because it kind of makes sense. Because the kids that watch Dora as a kid are now older. So, they would want to see an older version of Dora. So, I really feel like this is some kind of weird... uh, um, almost like a Jumanji they're trying to tap into with like that kind of jungle adventure and, you know, hit, hidden cities of gold and, uh, but with Dora and uh, that, those kind of things that they grow up with. Like, but uh, I think what probably will happen this weekend is um, I'll take one, I'll take my daughter and uh, one of her friends probably to see scary stories. Nice. <laughs> and we'll see that this weekend. So um, any interest in the kitchen, Graham? Yeah, man. I really. <laughs> I don't have any. I don't. I don't really either. Didn't that first trailer for it that we saw here on the show wasn't it? Didn't it play it more as a comedy? Yeah, it felt and everything like, I've seen since has been so serious. Yeah, I feel like they, and that that's very scary to me that they yeah. don't know what the tone of the movie is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Widows. I had a blast at Widows. Was mm. well, when Widows came out, it was great. And not that I don't like these actors in the kitchen, course, but, yeah. but I feel like that's the that's what I'm guessing from these two different trailers is that that means there's a tone problem. Yeah, for or, sure. Or it shifts, or for they don't sure. know what it is, yeah. or it's going to suddenly, in the middle of the movie, all of a sudden it's going to get wacky after some heavy scene or something, and you're going to go, mm-hmm. what? You know, um, so I, I, I don't know. Or maybe it is a serious movie, but because it's got Melissa McCarthy and Tiffany Haddish, they got to cut a comedy version of the trailer, yeah. which... To catch the comedy fans, like, oh, look, they'll, they'll say something right. funny towards it at some point. Which, is again, does the movie a disservice, because maybe it, it is a good movie, and they, they, yeah. they, they cut that version of the trailer, which makes it look stupid. Mm-hmm. I can't tell, and I don't, I don't know if I'm going to see... I feel like, uh, I got to wait to hear what people say and maybe see it on a plane. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Do you think someone in the movie says... Hey, you ladies, stop trying to be mobsters. Get back in the kitchen. Yeah. 
I'm sure that that's got to be like. I'm surprised it didn't make it into the trailer. Yeah, there are. There's a couple. There's a line or two like that in the trailer where I'm like, "Is the whole movie this?" Like, right? Yeah. Now you wear the apron, bitch. You know, like, like, all right. So, yeah, I'm gonna see the farewell. Yeah. (laughs) That's what. What are you gonna see, Aaron? This weekend, uh, I gotta. I just have to catch up on so many shows on Netflix. Apparently, The Boys is really good. Well, that's that's Amazon. Amazon, yes, they are correct. I meant streaming services in yeah. general, much like Kleenex is a brand name for <laughs> facial tissue. Uh, <laughs> By the way, Southerners call all, all soda pop Coke. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You want a Sprite Coke? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess that's it, man. That is our 476, show. guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I've got some tour dates coming up. I will be... Uh, doing a progressive comedy tour with Ron Placone in the Midwest. We are September 4th. We are in Omaha. The 5th, we are in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. The 6th, Madison, Wisconsin. The 7th, Minneapolis. And the 8th, Iowa City. Uh, And also, I'm going to Russia the end of September. So if anyone's in Moscow, hit me up. Um, Might be. We might have some fans. You never know. Definitely some expats. You have to have expats. And then Rob Placone and I are doing a progressive comedy tour in Australia in November. Oh, that'll wow. be fun. We have cool. November 15th confirmed in Adelaide and November 22nd in Perth confirmed. Those ticket links, although they're at grandmelwa.com and we should have the 14th in Melbourne and the 17th in Sydney. I uh, should have those ticket links very soon. So come see us down under. Great. Uh, and I wanted to mention, I still have the long ago and far away. The hard copies are at comedyfilmers.com. If you just want digital, those are on Comixology. And I'll be launching a new Kickstarter for the next project very soon, within the next uh, month or two at the latest. But uh, that will be called Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master, which will be like a Big Trouble in Little China type comic book. And it'll be the same team. It'll be Fernando Pinto and Troy Petrie. And it'll be uh, a nice graphic novel or uh, possibly broken up into seven issues. So we'll see. But I will keep you guys posted. And I want to thank you guys for all the support for the first one. And hope you will come back for the second one. That's our show. Thank you, Aaron Brungart, for spinning the ones and twos and jumping on Mike. Sure, sure. Uh, by the way, Vin Diesel's real name is Mark Sinclair. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> Fast and Furious starring Mark Sinclair. Yes, yeah. from his boarding school oh. up in uh, Princeton. <laughs> it does sound like a boarding school name. Oh, God. Of the Hampton Sinclairs? Yes. Okay, fantastic. He drives so fast. Yes, um, he's always angry. He's so angry. Put, stop wearing tank tops, Mark. <laughs> We're going to a dinner. Yes, you don't have to bring dumbbells everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please stop wearing those big chains around your neck, Mark? Oh my God, we got you a speech therapist. Stop mumbling. Oh, dress more like your brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does He's have a fraternal slow and happy. twin. He's What's not- that? He does have a fraternal twin. <laughs> Which if it wasn't fraternal, I'd be like, well, get that guy in the What's his X name? Movies. Trevor? <laughs> Trevor Sinclair? Oh, fantastic. All right, guys. Um... Enjoy yourselves at the movies. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han shot first. Mark Sinclair.